Welcome to another episode of the Strength in the Soul podcast. I'm Katie, your host, and I'm starting this series, the grief series, to help you navigate through one of life's greatest challenges, something that we're all not exempt from, and I hope that this episode series serves you well. We're going to get into all different topics around grief, how to navigate grief from my perspective as a holistic healer, a licensed therapist, a Reiki master medium. We're going to talk about things from the human perspective, the spiritual perspective. We're going to have guest speakers on who have navigated their own personal grief journey. Some of them, even my clients, giving their testimony on how our work together has helped them and served them. We're going to talk about what to say, what not to say to someone who is grieving, how to advocate for yourself on this grief journey, sibling loss, partner loss, um, all different types of loss. And this is a warning to anybody that if any topics feel really intense for you, hit the pause button and reach out for support. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Strength in the Soul podcast. Today we open up the grief series with my own personal grief story and I'm really excited to get this series started for you guys. We just wrapped up the leadership series and that went so incredibly well. I'm so happy that you guys loved it and my idea for this grief series is to really give you guys a variety of topics around grief because What I've learned on my grief journey is that grief is so diverse. There are so many layers to grief that I never even knew existed, even as a professional therapist. And it just, it just allowed me to learn so much to be able to give back and let other people know that there is support out there for grief. We're going to talk about my own personal grief journey to begin with and how it cracked me open to my core and how, and this is why I'm so excited to talk about this because I feel like my healing was so layered with grief. I started to shed layers around other wounds from my childhood. I started to understand the way that I was healing was opening me up more to like my authentic self. It led me into mediumship and deeper into my spirituality. I'm going to talk about sibling loss. We're going to talk about what to say and what not to say when someone's grieving. We're going to talk about a spiritual aspect to grief. We're even going to talk about releasing relationships and grieving relationships in your life relationships that are still with people who are still actively living here. Grief doesn't just mean, you know, someone is physically gone. You could be grieving yourself. You could be grieving, you know, a friend, a partner, a pet, like anything, an opportunity, a job. And we're going to get into all of this in the grief series here. And I just want you to know that grief is so layered. It's so complicated and it's universal. Nobody is exempt from going through grief. For the purpose of this episode, I'm going to be sharing my personal story around losing someone physically and unexpectedly and how I've navigated this gut-wrenching pain 
and still navigating through it because I feel like it changed me forever. And the recovery changed me forever, like the trajectory of my life even. Like I said earlier, I just, I don't know who I'd be without this having like happened to me. And I just see the world so differently. I appreciate things differently. I am more present and mindful in my life and in my relationships and endeavors because of it. I don't want to settle anymore ever in my life, having loved and lost something. And when I say love and lost, I mean in the physical sense, because what I've always believed prior to this happening, and even more so now that I have deepened my spiritual connection and relationship, is that love never dies, love never ends. And somebody who's passed away, whether it be a loved one or even a pet, even they, they just transition they are never gone and they are never lost. However, it's the physical aspect of it. The person who we we were when they were alive or what we gained from that relationship when they were alive or what who they were when they were alive, who they were to us, who they were to other people. I mean, like I said, layered, guys, layered. I mean, there's so much to loss. And even though... There's that positive perspective to loss where you can, you can literally say, I know they're on the other side and I know they're at peace or I know that they're not, they're not gone. It does not invalidate the pain of losing someone physically. It does not take away that pain and it does not negate how hurtful it is to like live your life without somebody that you love. So this just leads me to telling my story because it's a huge part of who I am now. And it's been almost five years and I've come to some sense of peace, but I don't know if I'll ever truly, truly be at peace. And I couldn't tell you if that's healthy or not. You know, I just think, I just think that grief just lives inside of you forever And you learn to live with it. You learn to coexist with it. You learn to literally survive. Because if you don't, then you'll ruin your life forever and you still have all this life left to live. And it it took me about two years, I feel like, to get to the place where I actually started living again for myself. And then now I'm at the almost five-year mark and I'm kind of like, okay, Katie, like you're starting to live, but live presently, live fully, live expansively, live happily. But prior to this time, I I couldn't live because I just felt I was anchored and weighed down by this pain and nothing or nobody could have taken me out of that. I just had to go through it. And unfortunately, it did take me a long time. But I want to also say that it's okay. It's okay that it took me that long. And it's okay if it took you that long or if it will take you that long in the future. Like, there is no easy way to get through something so painful and tragic and hurtful, no matter the circumstances. You know, people pass away and lose their lives by so many different, you know, ways and reasons 
And even if you could be at peace with it, it's still so hard to navigate it. Like, I'm going to talk to you guys about my big loss that I felt that like just shook me to my core. Again, the the title of this episode is Cracked Me Open. But I've lost a few grandparents. Um, The first loss that I had was my stepdad's mom and even though we shared a small fraction of our life together, I did care about her deeply. And I was a teenager when she passed. So that was my first experience of like a shock of like, oh my God, she's gone. And then not too long after, like four or five years after my grandfather passed away and he had a long battle with Alzheimer's. And that was really, really tough to navigate because he's, he slowly declined and you know, it's almost with Alzheimer's, it's like you lose them like over a long period of time. So I just remember going through that grief process. Like it was really difficult because he he was so young when he got Alzheimer's. He was in his 50s when he got Alzheimer's. And then he spent the the next 20 years, he died in his early 70s. He you know, spent that time suffering and, and, and losing himself. And we lost somebody that we knew and loved. And so when he passed, it was like, kind of like grieving so much of the last 20 years. And then it was such a shock, like, oh, wow, he's finally gone. And this is just so horrible. And then also too, like I was in my early twenties and just to watch my mom also like grieve her dad, it was, it was hard for that. It was hard for me too. Um, you know, but there was some sense of peace to that. And he actually, he really is such a pivotal part of my spiritual journey and my mediumship journey because he was, he was the one who really pushed me into like a spiritual awakening. And when he died, I remember my stepdad's mom actually came to me. I saw her face and it scared me. But then six months after my grandfather died, he came to visit me in a dream. And it was like I wasn't fully sleeping, though. It was like a vision. And he, it was like him, like just standing there looking at me, smiling. And I felt like this sense of peace come over my whole body. Like he was at peace. Um, then... I just started seeing signs from him everywhere. It was really wild. Then the angel numbers came, then the messages, and then other spiritual experiences with other people who have passed. So he, like, I really have him to thank for. Oh my God, that's so weird, guys. I'm literally looking at, oh my God, my my eyes just went to this monarch butterfly picture that I have in my apartment right across from my desk where I'm recording this podcast. And that's my symbol for my him, because as soon as he passed away, I just saw monarch butterflies everywhere, even in the wintertime. It was wild. Um, and I'm literally looking at it as I'm recording this and it just like, whoa. Um, but all that to say is just like he really, I feel like him spiritually on the other side was pushing me towards this life all along. But um I I didn't lose myself over his loss. It was it was kind of like I had this few weeks of grief 
And then I moved forward with my life. And he held a special place in my heart in my life. And then fast forward to 2016, when finally I was in a a few year relationship that was very negative and toxic and hurtful for me. And I was all over the place emotionally. And to some degree, I really lost myself during that relationship, like didn't know my worth, was always questioning myself, was constantly like wondering why I wasn't good enough for that person. And I'm not going to get into that here because it is irrelevant at this point. But the point of me telling you is that it it was the timing of everything. So a few months after the breakup, of course, I was grieving and I was really upset and just like really lost. Like, I can't believe that this person hurt me so much. Like I couldn't, I couldn't see outside of this like bubble of, of hurt and rejection because I think from my childhood, I just was seeking that love from someone like just to choose me type of thing, you know? And so I think that's why that relationship really just like had a hold on me because it wasn't the actual substance of the relationship because there wasn't much. It was constantly rejection. And then a few months later, I got called to work this wedding. And it was a Sunday. It actually was, I'm so emotional right now. It was Columbus Day weekend. It was literally today. It was like literally this this time period, this these days. Um oh my god, it was literally today. In 2016. Oh my god, this is wild. There's no coincidence, guys. Um yeah, so I this person called me and they needed extra an extra server for this wedding at this wedding venue, actually not something I typically do, but I was like, you know what? I can use the extra money and I'll do it. So I showed up at this wedding venue and I was okay. So here, case in point, I was just really, really sad, just like really upset, just like really hopeless because I had gone to a wedding the night before too. And I was just like, it was like the first wedding after this breakup. And I was just like feeling so sorry for myself. And the second that I walked into this wedding venue, I saw this guy and we like made eye contact and we both like just, it was like this instant connection, this instant attraction. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is so freaking cute. Like he's so attractive. Oh my God. Like, whoa. (laughs) Any sadness or hurt or like thought of this (laughs) ex-boyfriend totally went out the window, wasn't even thinking about him. And I saw somebody that I knew there and I ran into that guy and I was like, oh my God, hi, like, how are you? Good to see you, whatever. And I was like, oh my God. So I was like, ooh, mutual friend here. And so long story short, I get acquainted by working in this wedding venue and I'm like, okay, um, what do I have to do? So then this guy who I thought was like really attractive, he immediately like flocked to me and was like, oh, I'll, I'll help you. And so 
then we we just like paired up and we spent the whole night together and there was like four of us servers and of course him and I were like okay we're paired together and in the beginning of the night like at that venue we had to wear a um a tie or a um a bow tie so I was like I don't have that can we go like look for one or something he's like yeah I think there's one in like the basement so then we went in the basement and we were like trying on like a vest and a bow tie or a tie or something like that and he was like tying it on me and he, I just remember and guys I want to share this with you this is part of my grief journey like I'm just so happy that I was so intentional with some of the moments that I had with him because it's like when he died like later on in the story I'm going to share with you when he died, I just like these moments are just burned into my brain. Ugh. But um, he was like tying it on me, and I just remember looking in his eyes. Because and then he was like, "Oh, do you have a boyfriend?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> and in that moment, I honestly felt so good saying that. I was like, "I feel really good saying that." Um, and and yeah I just remember looking into his eyes and he had like green hazel eyes with like this like hint of yellow in there but like brown hazel green yellowish eyes and I just thought like oh my god he's so handsome and he just like I felt like this connection in his eyes I don't even know so um yeah the whole night we were talking and getting to know each other and flirting and just the connection kept building and building and building and building to the point where then we like knew mutual friends and we were like I don't know it just was just amazing and then I found out that he like also had like some drama with his like like girls in his life and stuff like that and I'm like oh my god like here we go of course but so it didn't work out at that time because of that but anyway so at the end of our shift at the wedding venue, we like started like kissing and holding hands and just we like all hung out as a group later after work. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And we, of course, like spent the night together and whatever. And it was just like an awesome, awesome night, like an awesome connection, awesome night. I felt really positive about it. And like, I felt really positive about him, but because of where he was at that time with like relationship and whatever, it didn't work out. I think like he was in and out of a relationship, so it just didn't work out, but I was at peace with it. Like it wasn't like I was like completely upset or whatever. And then a year later, he reached out to me and apologized to me that, you know, it ended the way that it did and it never went any further. And then I said to him, like, it's okay, it's fine, you know, Um, it happens. And we just, we ended up being friends and we were going to connect again at that time. But for some reason, I just like trusted my intuition, like, don't get involved with him at that time because again, he was like in and out of another relationship and it just was like, he was moving at that time as well. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna get involved and hurt myself again. Like, I don't want to get hurt again. And now, like, that I look back at all of that, I think if 
I had met up with him and maybe even started a relationship at that time with him, I just know that we wouldn't have connected when we actually did. So I just said, you know what? No, but we stayed friends and I supported him in the relationship that he was in and, you know, him moving and just, we just stayed in contact, you know, randomly as friends. And then fast forward to the next year in 2018, we ended up reconnecting again. And at that time it stuck. And, you know, for privacy purposes, I'm not going to get into so many details about like him and his life and everything. I'm speaking about like me and my life and my story and my relationship. And, um, you know, so at that time he and I got like extremely close and we started a relationship and unfortunately it was long distance at that time. And, That is a huge part of our story because when you are long distance with somebody, yeah, you have technology and yeah, you can like, you know, drive down and and fly and all the things. But I just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off because of money. I didn't have the finances and he wanted to, you know, also like do the same. But we were both in a financial position where we were just like trying to save our money. And I mean, really, at that time, like I was robbing Peter to pay Paul type of thing. Like I barely had any money to put gas in my car. But so I couldn't really afford to like travel at that time. So we strictly just had a relationship um, long distance and we would talk every single day all day every day and we would be on the phone for hours we literally got so close and we fell in love like deeply in love and also at that time too I think that him and I were both that friendship too that we needed and he was going through a really difficult time emotionally and you know also he had an addiction and I found that out a few months into our relationship and i chose to stick i choose to i chose to stick by his side because how can you walk away from someone that you're in love with knowing that they're like the most incredible person and even if it wasn't for romantic reasons like or how do i word this like of course we were romantically involved right but at bare minimum I wanted to be there as his friend. Like, even if we didn't work out long-term, like, in a relationship or romantically, for whatever reason, I was still wanting to stay by his side as a friend because we had built this, like, really great foundation to our romantic relationship through this awesome friendship and this connection. I mean, there's not many people in this world that you can literally sit there and talk to for hours, And just like laugh and be free and feel free and be yourself. And that's what we gave each other. Like, I know that I gave that to him and he gave that to me. And, um, you know, so we, of course, talked about the future. We like, you know, wanted to be with each other. And so fast forward, I'm not going to get through, like, go through all the nitty gritty uh, details of our relationship, but... I'll just say fast forward to March 2019, seven, eight months later, I finally like saved up up 
up enough money to go down and see him. And we were like literally a week away and I had my bags packed, my flight booked, hotel booked. We had a, we had an itinerary of the few days that I was going to be there of like what we were going to do. And this was all to save time in between. He actually was moving back up to where I live in New York. And we had all these plans and I'll never forget that I, it was a Sunday night and he, we, I called him, I just got out of the gym and I called him and I could tell he was like really stressed and really upset. And we talked through some things about like me and him and his life and himself and just work stuff, like all the stuff that he was going through. And we had a really great conversation and his last words to me were, I'll call you later. I promise. I love you. Good night. Like, I'll talk to you later, you know, to say good night and whatever. And he was like, I'll call you later. I promise. I love you. And I was like, I love you too. And I got home. I felt really uneasy after our conversation because I just felt like, I don't know, something was off and I got dinner and I came home and I was watching TV and I remember I was laying on my couch and I just started crying and it was weird because I was like, why am I even crying? I just feel like I want to cry and it was 11 o'clock at night and I was like, okay, Katie, like get off the couch and go to bed and I went to bed and then I woke up and I didn't hear from him. But I thought he was just going through like something and he would talk to me later. He, he we usually talked all day, every day, like good morning to good night type of thing. But so it was it wasn't like him. But at the same time, it was like him at that time because he was like going through some stuff. So like he was stressed and he was like working a new job. So I was like, OK, he's probably busy. But I was like upset with him because I was like, we just had this great conversation the night before. Like, what's going on? And then I was I got home from work late on Monday. And it's crazy because I still remember like everything about that day. I remember the clients that I saw that day. I remember like even what I talked about in sessions with those clients and like what I wore and everything. And I got home and I was cooking dinner. I remember what I was cooking and I was just playing music on my phone, just trying to like soothe myself because I was really upset. Like you don't hear from your boyfriend all day and you're like, what the heck's going on? And then I get a text from his friend and this was the wife of like one of his best friends. And she said, Katie, what happened? And I was like, what do you mean what happened? And I called him. Immediately, I called my boyfriend and I was like, like, oh, my God, like panicking. And he didn't answer. I called twice. And then that's and then she said, like, oh, it's all over social media. They're saying, like, they found a body and, you know, they think it's his. And we're seeing on social media, like, rest in peace and this and that. And I'm like, what? And like, you just go into shock, like. All I, all I kept saying was, no, 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 no. Like, it's just somebody that looks like him. (laughs) Like, I just went into some weird, irrational place. Like, no, they found a guy who looks like him. Like, it's not him. Like, it can't be him. Like, 
someone's gonna call me and say surprise like it's not him and then I like ended up speaking to his family and his sister and they confirmed it that it was him and I just like like broke down and called a few friends and just cried hysterically and just like went into shock and like this is like so crazy but like I I just remember like I even called my mom and I was just like like it I was just shot in shock and like I just remember posting on social media like because I just felt like I needed to get out my feelings in somewhere in writing like like I'm grieving the loss of this person that I'm in love with and I just posted on social media and I went to bed and and then I woke and like and then I woke up like everybody I I woke up in quotations because I didn't sleep and I just remember like I just remember like everybody texting me and reaching out to me like even even that ex that I was talking about in the beginning of this episode he even reached out to me and he was such a huge support to me and and honestly like I'm at such peace with that relationship now and how it ended and everything like that because I realized that we weren't meant for each other at all and I'm so like like so in a good place with like not being with that person and of course at that time I was too because I had fully moved on but like just the fact that he like took the time to be a friend to me and be there for me it just like was like okay like that was really that meant a lot to me and like my friends like some of my friends called me crying like oh my god like I can't believe this is happening like because my friends knew like how happy I was, like how happy I was genuinely, like just so happy, just so happy, like regardless of the issues that were transpiring at that time with him personally or even just the rocky waters of of the relationship, we still were happy and like and hopeful and um It was just the worst time of my life. Like, I can't even tell you. Like, I grieved for, I cried every day for probably three years. Literally three years. I ended up, like, drinking heavily and partying heavily and eating heavily. Like, I gained 70 pounds. 70 pounds. Especially also, too, because the next year, the following year was the pandemic, so you know, I was just at home fucking eating my feelings. <laughs> um, but yeah. And so the second that he passed away, the second that I found out that he passed away, I just started a new type of relationship with him. I started talking to him and I just started saying like, I know you're here because I had previously had that spiritual connection. Like I had previously, you know, understood that they never leave us. I knew he was there. I knew he was there. So I just started talking to him. And I think that really helped my grief process because I just knew that I had an outlet. Like I knew that he was there for me. Obviously it wasn't the same, but he was there for me. And I just immediately started therapy. I went to a grief group. Um, my sister showed up at my house like the next morning, like as soon as I woke up, she was at my door. She like literally physically had to feed me and pour water in my mouth because I was so sick to my stomach. I couldn't eat. I literally couldn't eat. Um, I was just in shock and hurt and disbelief like that something like this could happen to me. 
you know? Like, something like this could happen. I hold so many memories with him dear to my heart. Like, our inside jokes. The words he shared with me, like... I'm somebody who really struggles to receive love. And I always felt like I had to earn people's love. And I felt so loved by him. And for the first time ever, like, I just felt like I was safe with somebody who, like, like, wanted to be with me and wanted to, like, build a future with me. And regardless of everything that happened I will always hold him so dear in my heart as somebody who was one of the great loves of my life like I'm finally at a place where I'm ready to move forward in dating and relationship and I know that I'm gonna meet somebody great and start a family with them and I know he'll be a part of that I know he will absolutely be a part of that I grieve and I'm so sad for the life that he lost as well. Like, he was so young, late 20s, so much hope ahead of him. Like, he wanted to be a dad so bad. He wanted to be a husband and he wanted to be clean and sober and happy and, like, he just wanted to work and like live a good life and build a house and you know just like just the american dream right like or just like a dream in general just like we all do just like we all do and we all suffer we all suffer in some capacity and um i just i grieve for him just as much as i grieve for me because because we were so close i knew the things that he felt and wanted and I'm just sad that he didn't get that, you know? And so that was really hard for me to also, like, I grieved so many different things. Like, I grieved the loss of him in regards to who he was to me. I also grieved what he lost. I grieved for his family. I grieved for his friends. Like, he was such an incredible person, too. Like, to know him was to love him. Like, it's so crazy too how we did have a lot of friends in common when I knew him, like when he was physically here on this earth. But now that he's passed, I also like am connecting to a lot of people who knew him, like in high school or just friendships and things like that. And every single person that I come into contact with who like know him, they share like just such positive words about him and like it hurts me because it makes me feel like really like it just reminds me of like oh, I lost such a great person but it also just like it also makes me feel at peace knowing that like he was so loved and he had he like had so many incredible people in his life like friendships and everything like that and it just reminded me like yeah like I was in love with one of the best people I ever knew like he really was he would give you the shirt off his back like he was so funny and loving and charismatic and handsome and ambitious and just kind you know and so I grieve I grieve his potential all the time 
And I grieve also for his like friends and family and his loved ones because I know how much I loved him. And I know how much everybody else did too. It was such a huge loss to everybody. And it was such a shock. So again, like I want to, I share a lot of my life and I'm very, very open and vulnerable, but I also want to keep a lot of this story private for out of respect for him and also me. Um, but like it, I just want to say that it was a very, uh, like a shock because of what was going on in his life. Like this wasn't like supposed to happen. And there are a lot of different things around it. Um, but to say that it was this tragic, horrible, unexpected thing, it really was. And the next part of this podcast, I'm going to get into like how that shock like also affected me personally. So not only did I begin my grieving process of losing a partner, losing a friend, losing another human that you love, like also just like losing the future, losing just the dynamic that we had and also being so absolutely confused. And I just felt like so out of control, like out of control. And I wasn't validated either in my pain by a lot of people, his, in his life, my life. Like, I mean, we'll get into that in another episode, but I also like was feeling old wounds pop up. Like I realized that I was seeking a lot of validation, like, oh, this person was in love with me. And he was giving me validation every day. He was loving me. He was telling me how great I was, how much he loved me. And now that he's gone, I needed to, I felt like I needed to prove it to people. Like, like, oh, someone loved me. Like, he loved me. Like, don't you know? Don't you see it? You know? And then I realized, wow, I really do struggle, like, with needing validation and proving my worth. Like, the person that was loving me and, like, was there for me now is gone. So who's going to be that person? So I started to really heal through that wound that was coming up after that. Um, I felt like so alone. And I know that every single person going through grief feels this way. I just felt so alone. Like I felt like nobody understood me. I felt like nobody, nobody knew what I was going through and everybody was comparing my grief to like theirs or what they possibly could imagine like we think of falling in love with someone and getting married and having this long beautiful intense relationship and close relationship and I was only with my boyfriend for seven to eight months and also with that it was a little rocky and it was long distance so Everyone compared my relationship and my level of love and my depth of love to, oh, well, like, at least you guys weren't married or, oh, well, if I lost my husband or if I lost my boyfriend or if I lost my partner, it would be so different. Or if 
or at least it was you guys weren't together for a long period of time or at least you didn't have kids or whatever and that was so incredibly hurtful and also like it it messed up my mind because I was thinking like I was judging my own level of love and relationship like well I'm grieving to the point where I feel like I lost my husband of 80 years and do I have the right to grieve him this hard? Do I have the right to like, like grieve him at all? And I also like felt like nobody was also taking me seriously because of that. And then I also felt like it was hurtful because we wanted children together. We wanted to get married and I had only been with him one time. Like when we first met, our relationship really started long distance and I was going down to see him in a week. Like that's what was going to be our time together again and where we're going to be together physically again. But that also made me feel like, oh my God, like, are people taking our relationship seriously? And again, like, not that I care what anybody else thinks, but like during that time when you're so messed up in your emotions and your head, like that's what I was focusing on. And also not to mention, people did make comments to me about it. Like, um, you know, like, whatever, I don't even want to get into it. But it just, it was like, I never got the chance to marry this man. I never got the chance to actually like really start this like full-fledged relationship with him. I never got to live with him. I never got to like make babies with him when we talked about it like literally a few days before he died. I never got to see him, you know, when I wanted to see him. Like unpacking that suitcase was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. And also knowing that like, I never got that chance, but it didn't change the level of love that we had for each other. Like I loved him and he loved me just like we were together and married. Like it doesn't matter. And, um, you know, so all of that was like really, really intense for me. And it just like was really difficult for the, in the grief process. And I just like remember I just just remember crying every day, just crying every single day for years. Like it never got easier for me until recently, like where it was just so heavy on my heart. So, so heavy, like every single day. Um, People also like invalidated our love by the way that he died. People also invalidated like my choice in relationship by the way that he died, like saying like, you know, you must not love yourself if you're like, you know, with somebody who has an addiction or you, um, at least it happened before you guys got more serious or had children. Like it's just, people will say the most outrageous, horrible things. And it didn't that like, that's going to make me and my grief any better. Like absolutely not. It actually is the opposite, which I would give anything, anything to have had the opportunity to, have what we wanted to have together. So to kind of relate this back to grief in a way of like healing, it took a lot of time. 
it took a lot of spiritual guidance. I relied very heavy on mediums at that time, um, spiritual advisors. I relied heavily on my own personal individual therapist. Um, I found a grief therapist and he helped me a lot and it was in a very small grief group and I felt so, I felt so held and taken care of in that group. Just like one woman lost her um, grandmother, another woman lost her, both of her, her, her parents and I lost my partner and we all had different experiences, but we were talking about the same things, the same feelings, the same hurt. And we would say the same things like, I have a list of things that like came up during my grief journey and I have them written down somewhere and I, oh, I don't even know where they are, honestly, but it was like these weird things that would come up or these weird questions like, or these weird things, experiences, like how you feel like all of a sudden you go through this horrible experience, like this horrible life-changing painful experience and then but life goes on like I just remember walking down the street like wanting to die inside and being so in pain and like hurting and just watching people laugh just watching people laugh and go about their day like as if like their day like they don't like it's like in my my internal world I'm like is black and then the world is colorful around me and it was just like this weird weird feeling it's like time just doesn't stop. Every single day you, I had to wake up and like live my life. And at that time I was a child and family therapist. And I just, I took two weeks off to grieve and heal and just be at home and try to get my life together. And then I went back to work. And honestly, I know that like that job was part of the reason why I'm okay today. Because not only was my job like really structured structured to really help me like it was very flexible I made my own schedule I made my own hours like I can took I could take as many or as le- like less appointments as I wanted and needed obviously I only got paid what I worked so of course that like kind of like messed me up financially but at that time what I needed was time and space like I just needed space to just breathe and every single one of my coworkers were amazing to me, like so supportive and so healing. And my clients were incredible. Like some of them knew um, that I had lost somebody. Some of them knew more details than others, meaning like who it was to me. Um, obviously, some of the like I saw kids from four years old to 20 something years old. So, of course, like some of the older kids, like we could have different conversations around it with boundaries, of course, but they took such an interest in supporting me, like regardless, right? Just knowing that I had a loss. The families were really supportive to me. Like they, you know, respected my time and boundaries and everything. And the kids just put a smile on my face, like playing board games with them, talking about their lives and their feelings and, you know, making jokes with them and everything like that. And just them being so sweet to me, just literally helped me. And I just focused on that every day. Um, and so this is just the beginning of my grief series. This is the beginning of my grief, um, telling you my grief story and my grief journey. And 
I've mentioned things here and there on this podcast many times, but I don't know if I've ever really shared this story from start to finish. And I feel like I feel called to it's time. It's time. It's been five years almost this year, this coming year, 2024 will be five years. And these have been the hardest five years of my life. But I'm just really proud of who I've become. Having gone through one of the worst situations I've ever been through in my life. No one ever prepares you for pain and grief and hurt. And I hope that this podcast series can help you in some way. Like if you can relate to me, if you feel safe listening to this, if you feel like connected to me in some way and you want to share your story with me like I'd love to hear it and I actually work with quite a few clients who come to me for grief support now and I love that and I was talking actually to a client today because and she's also a therapist and she shared with me that you know she feels like she's not good enough sometimes And she feels like all these different things and she feels like she wants to be vulnerable in her career as a therapist and share like what she struggles with and what she goes through. And I said to her, you know, the same thing that I've shared on the leadership series and like just all the time of like having gone through what we've been through, we can empathize and really truly be there for somebody during the worst times in their lives. And of course, with boundaries, like I set boundaries all the time. Like I don't share everything with you guys. I share a lot, but I don't share everything. Um, and, but it helps me to be that, uh, that, or to have that connection, you know, with people that I'm working with and to help people the, in the best way that I can, it makes people feel safe. It makes, it builds that level of trust with people knowing that, I'm not speaking to somebody who doesn't get it. I know that I'm going through something and I can share that with Katie safely, knowing that she's been through something similar. She gets it. She's not going to invalidate my pain because we're honestly, as a society, we are like literally 90%, if not 100%, all of us are so used to feeling invalidated in our life, whether it be from our parents, our family, or society, our friends, culture, like whatever. It's so easy to shut down people's emotions when we don't understand it, you know, but when you are around somebody and connecting with somebody who gets it, it makes you feel safe and it makes you feel trust. And that's what I hope to build with all of my clients is that connection, knowing that you let go and you release the pain with me. My mission is to help you do that and to help you feel safe. Because when I was going through the worst pain in my life, my support system made me feel that way. So I hope that this episode brings you something, whether it be just empathy, understanding, love, or it makes you feel seen, it helps you in some way, or you just enjoyed listening to my story. Maybe it gives you a little bit more insight to me and what I've been through. 
obviously this is my podcast and this podcast is educational. This podcast is relatable. This podcast is for you to enjoy in whatever way that it serves you best. Um, and I sprinkled different topics on this episode or, or this podcast, as well as I open up and I share my vulnerability because being a good leader is being vulnerable and sharing your story. And part of our conversation today was also just saying that like the world needs more unity and to be a good healer, you don't have to be perfect. You are absolutely healing as you're healing other people. And that's what she was feeling some shame around knowing that she's a therapist and she's also on a healing journey. And I said, I've struggled with this many times. And I talked about it on the leadership series in the first episode, how I became a better leader because I had so much shame around it too. Like maybe the Katie a few years ago would have never shared this podcast episode because I wanted to appear perfect. Like I needed to prove my worth, that I was worthy of having these clients who wanted to invest in me because I was a perfect healer or therapist or coach. Well, I hate to tell you that nobody is a perfect healer, (laughs) coach or therapist or business owner or entrepreneur or service provider. We are all human going through things. And that is the importance of this episode is that I help people all the time. And this is my story. This is what helped me to become the resilient leader that I am today. The person who helps people overcome trauma and hurt and pain, especially entrepreneurs who are ambitious and who desire more for their life. But trauma is getting in their way and they don't, they want to have a safe space to heal. And that's my mission. So Thank you guys so, so much for listening to this episode and holding space for me. And I just, I want your feedback on this and I hope that, you know, it, it could help you in any way. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Strength in the Soul podcast. If this episode served you in any way, please subscribe for more episodes like this one. By subscribing and rating, we get the visibility needed to impact the lives of many. We have a healing community that is growing to the capacity where we can reach so many people around the world. I am so grateful for your support. Visit strengthofthesoul.com for more information on how you can join our healing community.